You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, if you didn't pick up already on this, God is moving here at the Gateway Church, and we're so grateful for that. We are in the middle of a 40-day prayer challenge, and we're at day 34, 35, and I am so proud of you. We've had well over 100 people participating and tracking with us, and uh, it's been really exciting to learn how to pray how to really pray, and there have been so many takeaways already, uh, just testimonies and, and just little uh, stories here and there of God working and moving, and I'm so grateful. But it's not over till this Friday night. Friday night is the culmination of our 40th day, and we're going to be at Coastal Community Church, so there's been two churches doing this together, and at 7 o'clock, we're going to have our, our uh, final worship and prayer night, and uh, we don't want you to miss that. It's going to be awesome. And you say, well, what do you do after a 40-day prayer and, and uh, uh, a journey like this? We have another challenge right in the wings. We're two weeks out from what we're calling the Matthew 25 challenge. And Matthew 25, you can read it in Scripture. It's the verse that says that when you saw someone hungry and you fed them, you did it as unto the Lord. Or you saw someone, they were thirsty, you gave them drink, you did it as unto the Lord. Someone that didn't have a uh, place to stay, you provided shelter, you have done that unto the Lord. And that's the basis for this week. It's, there's going to be seven challenges that our entire church is going to do together. It's going to be one week, and we're going to ex- uh, experience this uh, life-changing challenge uh, together. This is something we've been working on since last April or May. Uh, it was, was it May or April? I think April, uh, when uh, Pastor Bobby and I uh, were over, uh, we're, we're on a trip and uh, heard about this opportunity, and we said, we've got to do this. And so it's strategic prayer, and now the Matthew 25, and we're a couple weeks away. We will talk about that more next week. But what's neat is that these challenges are changing who we are. It's helping us to grow as God's people. And particularly with this prayer challenge, we've been challenging each other to dream big, to supercharge our prayers through fasting and praying and then being filled with the Holy Spirit, to praying as long as it takes. Everybody say, as long as it takes. How many know that sometimes when we pray, we need to keep on knocking, according to Scripture, until the Lord answers, right? And then last week, we took a little turn and took a week to talk about a prayer of confession and of repentance. And that was really based out of Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. It says this, it says, now repent of your sins and turn to God. That's a word for someone this morning. Repent from your sins, turn to God so that your sins will be wiped away. Why would we do that? It's answered the next verse, verse 20. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you, Jesus, your appointed Messiah. A prayer of confession 
makes all the difference. It brings refreshment. If you go to the end of that chapter, the very last verse, uh, verse 26 says this, and then when God raised his up his servant Jesus, he sent him to bless, look what it says, to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. The idea there, again, God has good things. When you repent, there is a refreshing. Some of the stories that came out of the baptism today uh, reflect that, that there was confession, repentance, and then just joy. And we're going to talk about that a little further. It's God's heart for us to surrender to Jesus, and then Jesus cleans us up and puts us on a new path. Now, with what God is doing, eight baptisms, uh, and, uh, and what through the prayer series, what is our posture in regards to God moving? What is your stance? God is moving, he's shaking, he's pouring out. And I know we have some guests today. You're just going to have to take our word for it that God has been stirring and moving. There's been a hunger and thirst among our people here. We've been in the altars the last several weeks. It's been incredible. There's been a refreshing for sure. Some people have called uh, what, what is happening not only here at the Gateway Church, but in other places around the country. They're, they're calling it revival. And uh, the same thing is happening here. But it's not just here. It's also at Asbury in Kentucky and Cedarville University in Ohio, Bethel uh, Christian uh, Community uh, Nope, it's called Bethel, uh, Bethel College, another uh, uh, Bible college in Austin, Texas, Indiana Wesleyan uh, in Indiana, Lee University in Tennessee, North Point Bible College in Grand Rapids. That's where uh, Ryan uh, goes, which is great. God is pouring out, but it's not just there. It's also in Uganda and in Israel and in other countries, and it's revival. You say, well, what is or what should be our response to this or even what's happening here? At the Gateway Church, and this is what I, my encouragement is, is that we would be humble and we would be hungry for what God has for us. We'd be humble and we'd be hungry. One of the great missionaries, Bob Hoskins, uh, actually my parents have been working with uh, One Hope now for well over 20 years. My parents are missionaries, if you didn't know. Uh, but they are working there, and he says this. He says, I'd rather be gullible than cynical. And when it comes to the work of God and what God is doing, unfortunately, sometimes there's critic. We should not be on the sidelines saying, well, let's just see what happens, and then we'll get involved. No, 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 you will miss it. Our posture, our response is not, we're the revival police, or we are the ones that will control it or critique it. No. This 40-day prayer series, if it's taught us anything, is that prayer leads to revival. And that's what is happening in every case. Revival, when I talk about that, it's repentance. It's refreshment, right? It's being revived, coming alive spiritually, a fresh touch from God. In Acts 3, 19 and 20, and verse 26, those verses that we just read a, mo a moment ago, it's really a theology and practical uh, uh, seeing how revival works. There's repentance, forgiveness of sin, and then there's refreshing. And today, I want to start with those two, but then I want to look at the real outcome, long-term, of God pouring out His Spirit on His people. And with that, 
I want to turn to Psalm 51. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 51. Some of you, when I say Psalm 51, you know this psalm. It's a popular psalm. It's, the backstory is that David, King David, uh, had got busted. He, uh, was, uh, he was the guy, if you don't know the story, he was the king. He was out on his balcony. He saw a woman bathing, and uh, he says, hmm, I like that. He asked for that woman to come to him. They have sexual relationships. She gets pregnant. They're like, oh no. And so he brings his, uh, the woman, Bathsheba's husband, from off of the field from fighting and says, hey, go home. Sleep with your wife. And, and he refused. He says, no, I'm supposed to be on the, on the battleground. He was a man of honor. And ultimately, it cost him his life because Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, says, no, I won't do that. He slept on the porch uh, uh, at the palace, and he says, no, no, I'm not going to do this. And so what King David did to make all this go away, he said to the commanders, he says, when Uriah gets back to the field, put him out where the fighting is most fierce, and then step away. And ultimately, King David murdered Uriah. King David thought he got away with it, but in Psalm 51, we see King David is confronted by the prophet of God, Nathan. And it's a, it's a great story. You can read about it in other parts of Scripture, but in Psalm 51, we see David's response. Let's look at it. The first thing we see is that David repents. There's repentance there. And it says in verse 1, it says, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. How many of us have ever needed God's mercy? Come on, let me see your hands. That should be all of us, right? Because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sin. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone I have sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. You, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. And then verse 7, look what it says. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. What we see here is David, he repents. He, he, he surrenders his life. He, he puts his life in, in, a, in a place of confession. And then Psalm 51 continues into that refreshment piece. Then he's refreshed. Look at it, verse 8. It says, oh, give me back my joy again. How many of you have ever come clean and all of a sudden the weight is lifted? Oh, thank you. Yes. So, and as I read these next few verses, we'll see rejoice, renew, restore, joy, joyful. Over and over, it's David being refreshed. Look what it says. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep, my, or keep looking at my sin. Remove the stain of my guilt. And then I love this verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew or refresh a loyal spirit in me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore, again, that's that refreshing, to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your way to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood. He asked for forgiveness again. O God who saves, then 
I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. Confession, repentance, leads to refreshing. We see that in Psalm 51 here. And what I want to just remind us this morning is that when it comes to a prayer like this, it will lead to revival. But it doesn't stop there. It's not just, okay, I'm forgiven, and boy, I feel good, and I feel refreshed. No. Revival is actually sustained long-term by obedience. Revival is sustained by obedience. A move of the Holy Spirit becomes a lifestyle, not just an event. And that's important. We're going to come back to Psalm 51 and finish out that chapter, but I want to skip to 1 Samuel chapter 15. There's another story. It's another king. King David is in Psalm 51. Here it's King Saul. And King Saul was instructed by the Lord, by the prophets, to wipe out an entire people group, the Amalekites, because they were so sinful. And in in this case in particular, the instruction from the Lord was to wipe out everything, to do not keep anything for yourself. There were other uh, nations that they would conquer and they could keep the plunder, keep the, the goods. But in this case, they were to wipe out it all. But, and I was thinking about that, that'd be tough, wouldn't it? Uh, if, if that was the instruction, it's like, man, there's a lot of valuable things. Why are we burning up all the cattle and all the goods and all the things? No, but that's what God told Saul to do. But Saul, he was like one degree off. He, it, didn't, he, it wasn't much off, but it, he said, you know what? Let's keep some of the cattle, some of the livestock, so we can come back and sacrifice it to the Lord. That's not what God told him to do, though. So he's just off just a bit. And Saul's plan was to sacrifice to God. But because of that, it caused him trouble. Saul was reprimanded. And the prophet Samuel, the prophet of God, came to him. And we see that in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. It says, But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offering and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice to the Lord? And then he says, Listen. And this next little phrase is the key. It's in bold in my notes and in my Bible. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Wow. And what's interesting, because King Saul did that, he was rejected as king. The very next verse, verse 23, says, Rebellion is as sinful, is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So, because you have rejected the command of the Lord, the command was to wipe out everything, don't leave anything, uh, burn it all. He says, because you've rejected that command, he has rejected you as king. But I want you to hear loud and clear in our lives is that obedience is better than sacrifice. And out of prayer, which leads to revival, which is repentance, and confession leading to refreshing, and then sustained, it leads to obedience, 
That's what the Lord wants. Now, back to Psalm 51. We've already saw the repentance. We saw the refreshing. And we see that similar tone of obedience is better than sacrifice as we finish out Psalm 51. It says in verse 16, it says, You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. You say, well, what does God want? He wants obedience, right? Verse 17, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her, rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Then, verse 19, you will be pleased with the sacrifice offered in the right spirit. In the right mind, right? With, the, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. What does revival lead to ultimately is obedience. Everyone say obedience. Revival is sustained by obedience. The Holy Spirit, his role is to bring power and life to our lives keeping Jesus at the center and, uh, and what that will result in for all of us if we're uh, really faithful is it will re- result in holy living, cleaning up our lives, dealing with bad habits, dealing with lust and anger. Maybe we got a language problem, not uh, foreign language, but bad language. Honesty, integrity, The longer you serve the Lord, the more like the Lord we should become. And yes, obedience leads us to those things. But obedience to the Lord, which roots out of prayer, which leads to repentance and refreshing and long-term obedience, it also speaks to our purpose and our living out what we call the everyday commission. Matthew chapter 28 Verses 18 and 20 through 20 says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've given all authority in heaven on earth. And then here it is. Therefore, go and make disciples. Ultimately, our prayer leads to refreshing, leads to us finding our purpose as believers to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I love it. Smith Wigglesworth, which I mentioned last week, back in the 1940s and 1950s, uh, last, uh, last, or a couple generations ago, spoke about this. That there was this idea of refreshing, but also this commissioning to, to go to the ends of the earth. The Moravians, which I also mentioned, which was almost 300 years ago, was a group of people that prayed around the clock, 24 hours a day, for over 100 years. What was the result? Thousands of missionaries going to the ends of the earth. Church, prayer leads to revival, repentance, and refreshing which leads to obedience, and part of that obedience is following the Great Commission. Prayer leads to revival. Revival is sustained by obedience. And when we say obedience, it's total surrender, saying, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. That's kind of my story. 
I was telling my mom and dad, I called them, uh, tried to, uh, on Sunday afternoons. And last Sunday in particular, God was moving. The altars were full. It was just a, really the sweet presence of God was here. And so I called my mom and dad. I would say, hey, did you hear about the revival that's breaking out in different places? They're like, oh, yeah, we've heard. And I said, man, God is moving here because uh, they live in Atlanta, Georgia. And I was sharing with them. And my mom reminded me that it was during a revival service when I was a kid, 11 or 12 years old, not back in 1988 or 89, back in Detroit at Brightmore Christian Church, uh, wherein God got a hold of my life in regards to my call and my future. It's interesting. The revival services were planned for five days or six days uh, in a row. And at the end of that, the somebody said, we want to keep on going. So they just kept on meeting and they did a second week of revival services is what they call them. And for me, it was in that second week that my family, and I credit my parents, they were hungry for the Lord, and they wanted to get myself and my sisters in the presence of God. And can I just speak to the parents here just for a quick second? Uh, It is our responsibility, mom and dad, to get our kids into the presence of God. It is so critical for God to be able to touch them. That's what happened to me. I'm a product of the altar, um, lingering in the altar. But one week turned into two. It was in the second week at one of the altar calls, I felt impressed at that, po- at that point that God was calling me into ministry. And my mom reminded me of that last week. And I think about it. What if they didn't continue the second week? I mean, would God have got a hold of my life some other way? Probably. But it was in the presence of God, seeking. And it was out of that revival, God, the call of God on my life. And today I'm fulfilling that, walking that out. But for today, where we are today, with what God is doing here at the Gateway Church, what he's doing worldwide, I just want to say publicly that I am grateful for a new generation that is hungry for the presence of God. And I'm humbled by it. And I want to be a part of what God is doing. And I want us to be a part of what God is doing. And when it comes to revival, if it's for one life, I'm going to rejoice. If it's for one school, I'm going to rejoice. If it's for one church, I'm going to rejoice. If it's for one community, I choose to rejoice. But let's not forget, it doesn't just happen. It starts with prayer. Revival is the result of prayer. Prayer leading to revival. Come, Holy Spirit. And God, he is reviving. He's moving. And today... I want to end our service in a little different way. And I know we've got some guests, and I, and I know we don't do this all that often. But what I'd like us to do is to answer the question, how has God been reviving you? And for some of you, you hear that right now, and you're like, hey, I, man, I should share. And in a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. But for others of you, you're like, oh, that's the last thing I want to do. And if that's your feeling, maybe God is stirring you, and maybe that's what you should do, and we'll do that. And it's based on Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. says, They defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by the 
by their testimony, by the word of their testimony. There's something powerful when we speak about what God is doing. We already heard the baptism testimonies, which was incredible. But today, I want to open it up. And again, I understand that this is awkward, and this is not something we typically do, but I feel led to do it. And Pastor Sean is ready with a microphone. Who here is willing to share how God has been reviving you, refreshing maybe how God has been you know, leading you to confession and convic- conviction or obedience or evangelism, the purpose and plan for your life? What has God been reviving inside of you? And who is brave enough to go first? And we'll take just maybe three or four of these, and then we'll wrap up uh, the service today. And that none of these were pre, uh, pre-made, just so you know. All right, yes. Yes. Is that Stacy? Stacy, perfect. Back here. Go ahead, go ahead and stand and then use the microphone for the sake of online so they can hear. Um, God's actually been reviving me in several different ways. Um, through the years, I've woke up early. I wake up like two hours early um, to seek the Lord before I actually have to do anything. Um, this week has been a little different. Um, I've been falling asleep with my Bible app going because I noticed that I have been unaware of the enemy's attacks and I've had a lot of nightmares. Hmm. So a couple days ago I began um, turning on my Bible app and have had amazing sleep. And then when I wake up, spending time with the Lord has been really different. Hmm. It's almost like the distractions, even though they're still there, aren't as strong. And one day this week, I actually took off from work um, and came here to the church and just wept, wept at the altar for those in my family who are lost, those in the city who are lost. And God began to really work in my own heart as far as repentance and things that are within me Mm. that need to be cleaned out and... So awesome. that's really how this week alone I've just been getting revived. Thanks for sharing that. It's great. I love it. Who else wants to share? Yes. Tabitha. Right? Yeah. Right in the center here. Go ahead and stand up and then use the microphone so we can hear online. Yeah, good morning. I also agree with her about in the mornings when you wake up in the morning how you start your day. It can be so exciting. Like I've, I've started with opening, you know, having my coffee, opening the Bible. But then I was like, okay, as soon as I get out of bed, I'm going to fall on my knees and thank God for this day. And then, you know, one sentence led to five minutes to 10 minutes. And then it's been leading me to walk like calm and steady and, and just peaceful and drawing people in. And it's really been wonderful. So awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. For many of us, we've been tracking for 30 or more days of consistent devotions. I mentioned first service for some. uh, That was an add-on to what you already do. Uh, For others, it's been like, man, I haven't done uh, consistent devotions in a while. And so it's been really refreshing in that way. And then for others, it's been the first time ever. And so uh, kudos, keep it up. But uh, what else? Maybe a couple more testimonies. How has God been reviving you. Yes. Yeah. 
Miss Carafel. Yes. No crying allowed. Yeah, right. There's no crying in baseball. Wait, um, this is not baseball. Okay. So I actually gave a testimony at the first night of prayer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was powerful and which, which is crazy. Just get yourself together there okay. for a second. Let me, let me say, we weren't going to uh, televise that or like put that out, uh, live stream it. And the last minute we decided to, and this is, this is wild. Uh, some of the people that got baptized today, they were watching at home, weeping uh, at, your, at your confession, or not your confession, but your testimony at the prayer time. And so, uh, but yeah, but what has God been doing? Uh, how has you been reviving? So um, as a lot of you know, about a year and a half ago, we lost our daughter. And... It like stripped my ability to to worship, and I used to lead worship. I didn't feel like I could honestly say a lot of these words that are up here and like mean it, so I just didn't say them at all. And um, at that night of worship, I really felt like I was actually able to raise my hands in worship for the first time. And um, that's continued throughout this few weeks. I mean, we're just so stinking busy. But um, just being able to set time aside and know that, like, your worth is more than how you feel, Yes. number one. And that even though you don't feel the words, they're still true. And we can say them even if we don't feel it or think that it's true sometimes it is because it's from the word and the word is true Mm -hmm. and even though those thoughts are in your head been raised in the church and you know it's true and that's how prayer becomes sometimes like just saying the same thing you say every time over and over again it's just been a refreshing of a lot of the words that we say all the time are still true and alive and they're true in some people's lives for the first time. And I think that's important to remember for people who have been in church forever. It's like, this is someone's first experience to not lose Mm. sight, like that feeling of your first date or your first, you know, whatever. So um, just a refreshing of knowing our worth in the Lord and your ability to worship through pain. I love it. And we see it. Uh, We see it in you, the refreshing God moving. Um, and, uh, Adam, you want to say something too? Cause I know Adam, God's been working in you too. And, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. Same man. God has definitely been doing a work in me. Um, I'm hesitant to share because I don't feel like I've had this great awakening where, you know, I've gone from one way to, you know, something completely different in repentance regard, but, um, I believe he's just doing a stirring within me and awakening a part of my spirituality that I just had silenced. I had been through some things in my life, as my wife explained, you know, we lost Allie. But even years before that, um, you know, I was in a different church and then I was in a place uh, spiritually, I was strong and I was leading, you know, different groups and classes. I was a deacon and, um, circumstances had changed and we needed to leave the church we ended up here which was you know uh, I believe 
God's ordinance. He wanted us to be here. Um, and so through all of this, um, I really haven't allowed God to work in me and through me as I, as I once did. Yeah. And um, I just, over the last few weeks, we did the start of the 40-day prayer challenge. Yes. And um, I was at home with the kids when Tracy was here sharing her testimony, mm-hmm. even though I really wanted to be here. Sure. But um, I, I bought the book. And I started waking up in the mornings and yes. reading the prayers, the, the challenge of the day, and then, you know, writing down a small prayer. Yep. And I just noticed through my days that God was giving me insight that I, I really hadn't noticed before, yes. promptings from his spirit yes. that I had grown deaf to. Sure. And I don't know if you've ever, oh. you know, been walking with God in such a way yes. that he... Lead, leads you and guides you throughout your day sure. but the place that I was at I was used to just saying no I mean it's hard for me to say but I would just yeah. deny God and not be obedient sure. as the scripture was sure. saying you know yep. Yep. and I paid for that <clears throat> in my relationship with him and the walk with uh, the Lord and in my family in my relationship spiritually and mentally, you know, it was hard because I'm not strong enough to go it on my own. Totally. <laughs> and, um, Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think many of us are. Um, but I just realized that the more that I have given back to God and even, you know, these little baby steps that I feel that I'm taking to draw near to him yes. and open up to him and allow him to minister to me has made me more... Um, able to be used of him and finding that place of repentance Mm. is um, refreshing to me because I needed to turn away um, from the no, like, you know, no, God, I don't want to be used by (laughs) you. No, I don't want to talk for you Right. to saying, you know what, God, if you want to use me, I'm willing to be used. Mm. And even though I don't feel worthy, I feel like God still wants to use me and us. Yes. And he's got a plan for us and for our family. Yes. And it's a plan for a a bright future. Yes. And, um, you know, Pastor Ben, you've said to us many times, you know, I feel like your guys' days are, your best days are ahead of you. Absolutely. And at the time, I couldn't believe it. Mm. But I, I know now in my heart that God has a great plan for us and for every one of us here yes, and yes. for this body of Christ. And I'm excited to see Amen. where this revival, where this yes. repentance is going to bring us and draw us closer to him yes. and the miracles that will be done in his name and the, yes. you know, the people that will come to salvation because mm-hmm. of our repentance as a church and our turning to him yes. and our relinquishing of our will unto his will and yes. doing what he wants yep. um, in this church, in this body. It's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. And the gates of hell cannot stand against it. Yes. 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 Thank you. Oh, man. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Is there maybe one other person that wants to share? Uh, Just catch our eye. And uh, yeah, Sarah, sure. That'd be great. And then then we're going to finish with a challenge for every single one of us. But uh, how's the Lord been reviving Sarah Bogard. Man, um, 
my son goes to North Point, and God's been really um, moving there um, in the spirit realm. And um, I've been with his invitation, joining them in prayer multiple times last week. And, um, you know, I serve the Lord. I'm on staff here. I've loved God my whole life. But God really spoke to me about lukewarmness and really brought me to a place of repentance of just kind of gliding through my walk with Jesus. And, you know, I read the Bible and I pray all day and I listen to worship music as I do things. But, you know, he says, and this is Jesus' words in red (laughs) in Revelation. He says, "Um, I know the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. And I wish that you were one or the other. Like he would rather that we be cold towards him. But since you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. You don't realize that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. And then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you'll not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you'll not be so you will be able to see and I correct and discipline you because I love you so be diligent and turn from your indifference and God's really just lit a fire in me and a repentance for just coasting I guess yeah, yeah. and you know what I don't have to travel somewhere to be in God's presence because he's with us everywhere. But what am I doing with my time? What am I doing with my, and it, you know, mornings are great, but mornings are not my thing. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) Um, And so just finding that time and just seeking his heart and listening, like Adam said, just listening. Am I hearing what God's saying? Am I being obedient to that? Am I seeking his his fire refined gold? Um, I just really feel like he's yeah. he's like lit that fire into a blaze back in me, and I, I just can't it. I just can't sit still anymore. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing. The truth is, we all have a testimony, and the challenge is is that we would leave here, every single one of us, in the next twenty four hours we should all be sharing something that God is doing, how he's changing us, he's reviving us. And Pastor Bobby came up and said, hey, can I share? And so I'm going to let Bobby share. And then this song that we're going to end with is a song that will help us, are in our hearts, to leave here to make a difference, to use our voice to share the good news. So Pastor Bobby, it's you. Thank you. Man, um, this morning we heard uh, stories of two different kings in the Bible, but as uh, I was hearing them, I was reminded of a, a third king mentioned in Scripture um, that these kings are, are called in the Old Testament anointed ones because they were anointed with oil and given the charge of leading the people, and they would lead them to victory in battle like Saul did with the Amalekites, uh, as, as David did with Goliath. And um, unfortunately with Saul, he was a king that... Uh, ultimately fell because of the peer pressure around him that he said, the soldiers told me to do this. And so I felt the pressure from them. And so I, I didn't do what you commanded me to do. And, and with David, he gave into his own desires within him. Um, 
But this powerful thing of this, this third king that I thought of, this anointed one, and in the Hebrew they called it a Messiah, um, that we serve this king, uh, King Jesus. And this king, Jesus, didn't come with a sword uh, to shed the blood of our enemies as the people, the Israelites, thought they were in captivity under Rome. And they thought a Messiah would come with a sword and shed the blood of, of their enemies. But instead, this Messiah, this King Jesus, he came with a cross and he shed his own blood in sacrifice. And, and what the people of Israel thought is they wanted Rome, these oppressors, to be defeated but what Jesus came is he came and he set us free from our own devices, from our sin and from our shame. And so maybe you're here and, and you don't know who Saul is or you don't know who David is or you don't know these, these Old Testament stories in history of the Israelites. But I can tell you that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of them. That where Saul gave into the pressure from around him, where David gave into the pressure from within him. And even us, sometimes we struggle the same way. You don't have to come in here perfect. We already serve someone who was fully obedient, living a perfect sinless life, dying the death that we deserved, and now he is resurrected and he is seated at the right hand of God. So when we say uh, that thing, that great commission, a commission is a statement given by a king to people who are following him, to people who are under him. Uh, under him. So when uh, Jesus says, all authority in heaven has been given to me. He's saying, I am the king, not just of earth. I am the king of heaven. And so I am sending you as my emissaries, as my ambassadors. And so if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to humbly submit to him as the king of the world, but also the king of your heart. And this song that we're about to sing is a story of that, how we serve this king who is all-powerful and almighty and brings us from dead uh, back to life. Amen? Amen. So let's stand and let's sing this together this morning. This song is called Death Was Arrested. Let's just thank Jesus for his saving power, for his saving grace. What no earthly power could do, what no earthly king can do, Jesus, you did through your death on the cross, through your resurrection from the grave, Lord. And we thank you that you are now seated in heaven, high and exalted, king over all. So, Lord, we submit to you. We give you whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, whatever is in our path. We lay at the feet of the king. Lord, and search our hearts, search our lives, search our ways, Lord, that anything that is in our life that we're submitting to that is not of you, Lord, let us set it aside. Let, it throw, let, it, let us throw it behind us so that we can run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And there would be no idol. No thought, no greed, no sin that we would put ahead of you, Lord. And we thank you that time and time again, when we do fail, when we do fall short, when we aren't obedient, Lord, that we can look to your faithfulness, that we can look to your obedience as our example, that you are so gracious and so good that you accept us as we are. 
But Lord, we thank you that you don't leave us there. Lord, we thank you that your grace is new every morning. That you are faithful. And so good. And Lord, let us take that to heart. What a beautiful message to tie in your great commission to go and make disciples as we celebrate Mission Sunday and the disciples that will be made in in Detroit and in Southeast Asia, Lord, for the baptisms that we got to celebrate the new life. Lord, teaching to obey everything you've commanded, Lord, that you are teaching us to be obedient, to follow after you. But Lord, set it upon our hearts, this great commission, that you are commissioning us as servants of the King, that we are now citizens of heaven, leaving this place into a lost, hurting, and broken world, that even though we are in this world, we are not of this world, and so we proclaim our King who is not of this world as we leave this place today, and we know that as we go, that you will be before us, behind us and all around us, Lord. Let us share of your goodness. Let us share of your truth. Let us share of your mercies. Let us share of the life-changing work that you have done because it is by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony that darkness is defeated, that the enemy is destroyed. And so we leave this place proclaiming our testimony loud and living out the faithfulness of who you are. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. Lord Jesus, we give you all the praise and glory and honor. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to invite you uh, to join us up here in the front this morning. We want to pray for you, give you next steps. Uh, But the rest of you guys, you can go in the grace of God today. We hope that you have a great week. And uh, let's continue to celebrate those who made the decision to get baptized today. Amen. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.